0: Hello, and welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. Money Mile is where we help active, time-crunched people increase confidence in their finances while increasing their fitness. We package financial education into roughly mile-sized educational bits for approximately one mile on your long, steady run. And we strive to make each episode valuable for you this is the best financial education podcast designed for triathletes and runners. In our last episode, we talked about the strength equivalent in our financial training plan, investments. We covered the basics at the sprint level, and your homework from that episode was to either A, determine how much of your investments are in stocks, bonds, and cash, or B, do 10 minutes of research and learn a little bit about the State Street Global Advisors Exchange Traded Fund with the ticker symbol of SPY. Again, not a recommendation, just wanted you to learn a little bit about an investment option out there. So how did it go? Email us at info@wallerfc.com, and we respond to every email you send in. So if you did not get a response, let us know and we'll follow up. Let's face it, personal finance sometimes feels like a foreign language. We are here to help active people live more financially confident lives. We would prefer to spend our time and energy making great educational content for you to enjoy on your next run. But we also want to get this education into the ears of more triathletes. We are better educators than marketers. So please help us grow the community by sharing this resource with your training buddies and friends. Wait! What is that up ahead? It's the disclaimers, and they're headed straight for you. Please use one earbud at a time and be aware of your surroundings. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Money Mile is powered by Waller Financial Coaching, a California state registered investment advisor. And all the information here is for education purposes only and should not be considered financial, legal, tax, or even training advice. I believe this is accurate based on when we are recording, but things change. It has been said that tax law is written in pencil. Please consult your doctor to find out if Money Mile is right for you. Oh, wait, I went too far again. Let's get back to the subject at hand. In today's episode, we will be discussing the contingency planning or risk management equivalent in your financial training plan. And we will be discussing this at the sprint level. When we are done with this episode i want you to feel confident to think about risk management as a way to help empower you to do great things and protect yourself when things do not go according to plan when i think about risk management for a triathlon the simplest example is along for the ride most days but you don't even give it a lot of thought i think of the flat repair kit on your bike Unless you are a professional on race day and you are trying to shave every gram off your bike weight, you likely have supplies on your bike to fix a flat tire just in case. You might not be excited about the idea of fixing a flat tire in the middle of your A race, but if you don't bring the right gear with you on race day, you could find yourself stranded on the side of the road waiting for race support vehicle or a big fat DNF. I hope that you have fixed a flat tire before that and that you understand what it takes. If you have not, you might have a bit of anxiety about this happening on race day. By taking action, you can manage this particular risk and put yourself in a better position. What action can you take? A. Carry a fix-it kit with you during your race and practice doing what it takes to fix a flat tire BEFORE the race. Once you have walked through those steps and you know how to do it well, you will feel better about it on race day. Now, for most age group triathletes, it's much better to bring a repair kit than risk the super long day or the DNF. That's what you're putting at risk there. In triathlon, there are hundreds of things that could go wrong on race day. You learn how to handle most of these risks through training. As an example, if your goggles got knocked off in the swim, you better have hoped you practiced swimming without them or know how to fix them while treading water. As this translates to your financial training plan, there are five primary financial risks we need to think about. The first is medical care costs. If you have a medical episode and you need to see a doctor or receive treatment, this could be a trip to prompt care or could be a cancer diagnosis. We don't know what that could be. The second is damage to personal property or others, something that's our fault. The most common concerns here are, what if something goes wrong with my house or my car, that's the personal property side, or what happens if someone else gets hurt and it's your fault? The next area is loss of income due to illness or injury. If you are earning an income and you are sick or injured, what happens? The next area is premature death of a provider or caregiver. We are all going to pass away at some point And that is where the estate planning comes in. But what happens if you pass away much earlier than anticipated? For example, while others are still dependent upon you and your earning capacity. The last area that we talk about here is long-term medical care. Most of us think of this as what happens if we get sick or injured in our later years after we're done working and we still need significant help. Common examples here are the scenario that someone falls and breaks a bone that will take many months to recover from, or perhaps they are physically fine, but they are experiencing mental capacity issues like Alzheimer's or dementia. We need to think about two factors in this risk management, likelihood and impact. Everything exists on this spectrum of likelihood and impact. So how often does it happen and how bad is it when it happens? It is much more common that you could get a cold than you could get diagnosed with cancer. Now, I'm not a doctor, but if you get a cold, you might need to take a couple of days off work and take some over-the-counter medication to feel better while your body recovers. If you receive a cancer diagnosis, your treatment is going to be much more impactful, and it is going to have a longer-lasting impact on your world than a cold. From a financial perspective, the difference is a couple days of sick leave and a trip to the local drugstore versus potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. To stick with our triathlon theme here, it is theoretically possible for you to break your bike frame in a race, but you don't see many people riding the course with an extra bike frame slung over their shoulder? Why? Because the likelihood is very low and the cost is very high. Now, when we think about risk management, this gives us some context. Typically, the higher the likelihood of something happening, the lower the severity, and we need to balance the cost and the benefit. It would be very expensive to protect yourself against common events that have a low impact, so most of us just accept that risk. If you live your life in a bubble, too afraid of any little thing that could happen to you, this could drastically impact your quality of life. It is generally a better approach to protect yourself against things that could have a severe impact if they happen to you, knowing that they are less likely to happen as long as the cost of protection is reasonable. You also want to have broad coverage here in a way that covers a lot of different potential things if possible. An example here would be to know that a cancer insurance policy isn't going to do much good if you broke your leg. We want to protect the things we can't afford to lose. The primary and most flexible strategy for risk management is having a good cash reserve. This is money set aside for emergencies you are not planning on spending. The general guidelines here are three to six months of expenses. One of the reasons cash reserve is so good is that it could be used for just about anything. You backed your car into a pole and don't want to file a claim with your insurance company? If you have cash reserves, you can just have it fixed. One of your kids is sick and you need to take time away from your business? Well, that's okay if you have cash reserves. You can temporarily dip into the cash reserves to pay the bills while you focus on getting your child healthy again. Beyond the cash reserves, let's walk through our primary risks to manage and talk through how to manage them. Medical care cost. I generally suggest everyone have some degree of medical insurance even if it is just catastrophic coverage. If you happen to be one of the roughly two million new cancer patients each year, you want to make sure that you have medical insurance that will prevent financial ruin while you are being treated. Damage to personal property or others, our fault. First, we wanna protect our vehicles. I suggest maintaining at least the state minimum of coverage for automobile insurance. I would also suggest at least 100-300 coverage for most households. There are approximately 6 million passenger car accidents each year. Many people are self-insured for their vehicles, and this can be an option for you, but that would definitely be a higher level conversation than what we're lined up for today. The next area is protecting your home. Approximately 6% of homeowners will file a claim each year. Now, this could be water damage from a broken pipe or your house could have burned to the ground. You just don't know. So I suggest you at least have replacement coverage on your home. Many homeowners insurance policies will also have contents coverage. So this is something that can also be beneficial. Also want to protect against accidents. If someone trips in your front yard and breaks their leg, they are probably going to sue you. It is an unfortunate reality of the world we live in Therefore, I suggest you consider a liability umbrella policy that covers your home, cars, and your family. The stronger your cash reserves, the higher the deductible you can likely carry on policies like this, but please talk to your local property casualty company for specifics. The next area is loss of income due to illness or injury. Let's say for the sake of example that you were involved in a bike accident and were not able to work. Some states have mandatory minimum disability insurance programs. If you are more than five years out from your financial independence, I suggest that you have at least a minimum amount of income protection provided by your employer. You should also consider additional coverage and focus on the long-term benefit. If you have a strong cash reserve, it will get you through a lot of short-term problems. But if you cannot return to work for some reason, you can't sit still or you can't stand for a long period of time, you want to make sure that your income is going to be protected. The next area is premature death of a provider or caregiver. If others rely on you for support, you should evaluate what things would look like if you were to pass away. If you are independently wealthy and you would not leave your family and loved ones destitute, that is a good situation and you might not need to take any further action. If you are not independently wealthy, you should consider term life insurance. In future episodes, we will talk more about the different types of insurance just know that for the vast majority of clients I work with that have life insurance need, term insurance is a great solution. Term insurance does have some nuances you need to be aware of. First is the time frame. With term insurance, you are essentially renting life insurance for a period of time. If you are concerned about junior's ability to get through college, if you passed away, a 20 year policy purchased when junior is born is a pretty good structure. If your daughter is already 10 years old by the time you get around to evaluating this, perhaps you only need a 10-year policy. The next nuance related to term insurance is that after the time frame, your policy premium will likely go up significantly. This means that you need to do what you need to do while you have the insurance in place to protect yourself for when the policy timeframe expires, and then you can just let the policy go. The last area here, again, is long-term medical care. In the state of California, long-term medical care insurance can be relatively expensive. Now, if you are younger than age 50, I suggest you work towards building your own nest egg. Now, if you are nearing the age of 60 and don't have the resources you would like, you could consider a policy as an option. Once you are over the age of 60, policies start getting so darn expensive, your decisions start to get made for you. Roughly 48 out of 100 people will have a long-term medical care cost at some point in their lives. Having a long-term care plan does not require you to have long-term care insurance. Many people have home equity or a separate portfolio they are keeping in reserves and only plan on using if they need long-term care. This can be a perfectly reasonable strategy as long as you know what you're getting into. Please consult your friendly neighborhood fee-only financial planner for additional details and ideas. I hope that this sprint level of education around risk management works for you and you feel more confident about your options around investing. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know, so we're going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. You should have a pretty good idea of how much you have in cash reserves at any given time. So your homework is to write down how much you have in cash reserves and figure out how long you would last if you had to live off your cash reserves. Is it months, weeks, or would you be hard pressed to make it to the weekend? We will talk more about this in the future and other types of insurances so you can understand your needs for them. But for today, I want you to focus on cash reserve please email me at info at wallerfc.com and tell me how long your cash reserves will last if you needed to live off of them. In our next episode, we are going to talk about the goal setting component of your financial training plan. How did we get this far without setting a goal? You can consider all of these sprint level of education applicable for everyone, regardless of your goals. After we have established a framework for setting goals that will help empower you, we will get more detailed on the financial training plans. Thank you for investing a mile with me. I hope it was a valuable time spent for you. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you again next time on Money Mile.